This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. For Gordon Damer, getting it popping for the next three hours. Going to 6 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. You know where to find us on the phones. 800-919-3776. Want to hear from you. Also on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, Instagram as well. So much, so much to discuss. We will, of course, get into the Giants and Saquon Barkley conversation. That deadline for a long-term contract is set for Monday. So Giant fans out there might be anxious this weekend as we get closer and closer to that decision being made. We'll talk about that. Jordan Renan is going to pop on the show in about 90 minutes from now to break it all down. There is an underrated Jet storyline that is worth discussing to me. Hasn't gotten a lot of attention, and part of me feels like I'm glad, but the closer and closer we get to the start of the regular season in football, uh, with this team having so many expectations, we, we, we've talked about a lot, but there is a, a, a person flying under the radar in my estimation and, you know, LeBron's not retiring. That's big news. Announced that at the ESPY. So we'll, we'll dive into that as well. But, of course, you know where we got to start. I put this on Twitter earlier, at Ty the Butler. Whose seat is hotter? Because we are approaching disaster territory for our, our, our baseball teams. Ranked number one and two in payroll across the entirety of the sport. And we could be flirting with two teams that were expected to be contenders all of a sudden at the trade deadline start selling off. So whose seat is hotter? Because that has to be the case, right? With the general managers, if you are orchestrating these operations and they're not going anything close to what you were projected to be, there has to be some culpability. So let's start with Cashman. How is he faring in year one of that extension that he's, you know, so deservedly gotten at, at the end of that series against the Astros where the Yankees didn't even look like they belonged on the same field? So for Cashman's team, second highest payroll in baseball. The Yankees right now in last place in the American League East came across this. This is the latest they've been in this position, in the cellar, uh, in the division since 1992, so a year before I was born. that That's how far we got to go back to find the last time at this point in the season the Yankees were in last place. Now, eight and a half games back of the race, no shot of catching them. We entertained that for a while, but this team is not going to, if they do get into the playoffs, it won't come via the division. It'll, it'll have to come because of the three wild card spots. And speaking of which, they're two games back. Uh, the final wild card spot, spot, just six games above 500. So with that being said, with all of that, that I just laid out, let's hear from Aaron Boone. Last night was asked, are you worried about the wild card race and the fact that it might be slipping away? Look, we got to be better. I mean, plain and simple. So I'm not worried about where we are. Like, it's all there in front of us, and we don't have to go on some incredible run. Like, we control it. Yeah, but we all know we got to play better than we're playing. And, you know, a little bit, we obviously got to get the offense going. We can we can pitch, we can do a little bit of everything better. The good thing is we're in a position where it's in our control, but, you know, we got we to gotta go do it. And, you know, I think to a man, we all know we got to be a little bit better. 
A little bit better. Hmm, interesting. Not all that worried. Okay, Boone. Uh, remember years ago, this manager said, wow, you know, the league is catching up to us. As if we haven't seen half the sport reach the World Series since the Yankees were last there in 2009. As if we haven't seen the Astros rival, Red Sox rival, Dodgers, long-time rival, all win in the postseason, all win championships, this supposed crapshoot that only really has affected the Yankees somehow, I, I find that interesting. So the league is catching up to you, as if we haven't seen the Mets, who we'll get to in a moment, just across the town, get to the World Series recent memory. And teams like the Braves and Nationals have gone on runs despite not being overwhelmingly successful during the regular season. The Cubs ended a damn curse in 2016. So, Boone, you don't have to just be a little bit better. You you should be worried. And also, going back to that comment you made a few years ago about the league catching up to you, they didn't just catch up to you. They They zoomed right past you as if you were a traffic cone. So this idea... That you're not worried. I mean, it comes across as clueless. I, I guess he has to be what the Yankees hired him to, hired him to be, and that is at the end of games, regardless of what the circumstances are, be that press secretary that sells to the fan base. You know, a glimmer of optimism. This this ship is not sinking. But you, fam, you're staring at missing the playoffs for the first time in your tenure. And that is despite outspending everyone besides Nets. And you're going to sit here and tell me you're not worried? So let's get into how we exactly got here with the Yankees. Or I, I guess we used to call them the Bombers. And I say used to because right now, guess who's 19th in baseball in runs scored? That would be the Yankees, a.k.a. the Bombers. So just to, to go on on... The track record for Cashman just this season as we're rolling through the, the tail of the tape between the two GMs in this town. You came into the year without a left fielder. You were so stubborn, didn't want to admit that you had an Aaron Hicks problem until it just screamed so loudly at you. You had to designate him for assignment. You also didn't want to face the music on that third baseman that you acquired last year being so old. You told us it was, you know, just a struggle. He's going to find it. There's something in that bat. Still hasn't found it. The something in that bat is he's hitting 147 on the year. Frankie Montas, big acquisition at the deadline last year, out for the season. Carlos Rodon, big acquisition during the offseason. Essentially missed the entirety of the first half. And the Yankees... I think, made a mistake just accepting the fact that they've gotten, you know, zero production offensively from their catchers. Those guys just don't hit. So you're essentially relying on the first eight guys because you're running out there a National League lineup of the past where essentially you have the pitcher hitting because your catchers, once in a blue moon, will run into one. But for the most part, you're not getting much of anything. But all of that to say this, when Howe comes on and says it's, it's still a failure if they don't win championships, and Sean Casey recently hired, uh, you know, offensive coach, hitting coach, uttered those same sentiments, 
It's not Yankee fans being dramatic when they hold the team to that same standard that the team has set for itself. So last night, they scored two runs in the first inning, and it was so cute to watch you know, Casey and, and everyone doing all the high fives because Stanton hit that monstrous two-run blast. Uh, the, the, the ghosts and the demons had been extinguished. This offense was about to turn around, get all excited. And then right on cue, the rest of the game, you scored zero runs and found a way to fall in that one to the third worst team in the sport. So that sounds like a problem to me. I don't know. But that's the, the, the lay of the land on Brian Cashman. We head to Queens where we address what's going on with the Mets. Lost again last night. Billy Epler, where do we start? First off, doesn't sound great when you hear that all the rumors and the chirping of David Stern, Stearns and, and how he's going to find his way into a job with this front office next year. Had a lot of success in Milwaukee. I think they had something like the sixth best record in baseball over a five-year span where, you know, when he was at the helm. And you'd imagine that if he accepts this role, uh, that spells the end of the Epler tenure. So, you know, let's discuss how it's going, if you will. Shout out Phil Jackson. So last year, Billy Epler was the GM of a team that blew a 10-and-a-half game division lead and won one playoff game. And I remember everyone, all the people who came on here and said, well, you know what? Wasn't that the Mets blew it. Wasn't that they collapsed? I mean, what can you expect when your division rival Atlanta Braves play to an 800 win percentage in the second half of the season? What can you expect? Uh, gee, I don't know. I can expect that when you play them and have your three best pitchers on the mound, you don't get swept. But, you know, who am I to ask this team to do much of anything? So what we're watching this year actually is answering the question about whether or not it, it was a collapse because we're seeing an extension of what we saw, saw last year with the highest payroll in team sports history. You look up at the, the old division standings, 19 and a half games back. So you went from, let's do the math, 10 and a half games ahead of the Braves, 19 and a half back now. You've essentially lost 30 games in the standings to this team since June 1st of last year. And now you're eight games back of a playoff spot. And uh, we all said it on the station. Bringing back this same team and thinking it would be different was simply malpractice. Because, you know, folks did fall into that trap about, you know, the Braves were historic, the Mets didn't blow it. You were dead wrong. And to think that you could run the same group back out there and all of a sudden it was going to click the way that it did in the first half last season, you were kidding yourselves. So last night, what happened? You get blanked by the Dodgers 6-0 at home, and I can't figure out which side was worse. Was it the fact that your offense, who led the game off with a double, courtesy of Brandon Nimmo, essentially, not essentially, was no hit the rest of the way, or was it the pitching? So let's talk about that pitching. Justin Verlander, five innings, three earned runs, six walks. That's $40, uh, $40 million man started the year hurt and has pretty much been average since returning. You go back to the game against the Padres prior to the All-Star break. Scherzer's on the mound, 
with a chance to win that series, and you win, uh, what would it have been then? It would have been seven of your, your last nine games heading into the All-Star break. Or actually, no, since you have the one loss, it would have been eight of nine wins going into the All-Star break. You get the win for Scherzer, you're feeling great. And he wasn't able to deliver. Last night, okay, reset, All-Star break, everyone comes back, we're ready to go on a run. Verlander gave you five innings of nothing. And the offense actually started to look like it was turning it around before last night, you know, them getting blanked. And now you see that during the three-game losing streak, they've scored a grand total of three runs. So how do we get Hepler? Scherzer, let's be honest, that's a bad signing. Verlander, let's keep it a buck, that's a bad signing. A combined $86 million in salary going to two pitchers who you really can't rely on. What they were expected to be, the, the, the level of production they're giving to you right now, those two things are not adding up to the $86 million. What's happened to Starling Marte since the injury late in last season? Jeff McNeil went from winning a batting title to you're almost shocked when he goes to the plate and gets a hit. And it looks like Quintana, the, the signing from this offseason, Jose Quintana, who's actually had pitched well in, in the previous years, which made it for a good signing at the time, slated to come back next week, there are actually rumors that he could be dealt. So there's a chance he starts more games for another team in the second half of the season than the team that actually signed him this past offseason. It's just a mistake after mistake after mistake, which brings you to the question, what is it that Epler has done that made you look back and say, you know what, that is a solid decision right there? Because if we look at the resume, after an uninspiring deadline last year, he may be forced to, in the ensuing season, at the deadline, be a seller. Because the team he put together before the year is so damn bad, you're almost inclined to start selling off pieces and trying to do like a, a little bit of a mini reset for next year because, I, I mean, I don't know how valuable, you know, Robertson and Adovino and Rayleigh and, you know, Tommy Pham. I don't know how valuable these guys are. Tell you what, would love to move off the Scherzer and Verlander under contracts. I don't know if anyone's going to take that on. But it, it's just depressing to go from where you were just on June 1st of last year to where you are now. So 800-919-3776, gave you a lot to consider there. I put on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, whose seat is the hottest right now? Is it Brian Cashman with the Yankees or is it Billy Epler with the Mets? Because right now, uh, the two highest payrolls in baseball could be sellers at the deadline, and both fan bases are thinking, boy, can we get another all-star break? 800-919-3776. Ty Butler in for Gordon Day, but we're going until 6 o'clock this afternoon right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yankees want him at the trade deadline. It's going to be really hard to become buyers at the deadline if your team is this bad. I mean, the, the card, losing that Cardinals series, losing the Cubs series, 
splitting with the Orioles after you won the first two games, losing last night in, in, in Colorado. There, there is nothing inspiring about this team right now that would lead you to believe they are Aaron Judge and a you know acquisition at the deadline away from going on a tear. And and, and I think the rumors about Otani, I don't think that's going to happen. But it, it's just it's it's. I don't even want to say it's mind-boggling because I didn't actually come into this season with that high of expectations. But to watch them right now be this bad, it's it's just so insane. I, I put on Twitter, I told you to poll which seat should be hotter, uh, 800-919-3776, and then threw it on Twitter, Ty D. Butler. Right now, uh, looking at the votes, Epler's at 55%, Cashman's at 45%. So let's hear from you. And we start in Brooklyn with Artie. Thanks for hanging on. The line, Artie, you're batting leadoff today. What's up, man? Hey, Ty. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, man? Ty? All right. So, you know, look, we got the richest guy as an owner, so we got to use his money to try to, you know, replenish the farm system. Look, nobody's going to take Scherzer with his contract, okay? you got to use that money, pay off, like, 90% of, the, of, the, of, of his salary, and then get prospects back. I'm sure there's a lot of guys, a lot of teams that are in it that are hoping that Scherzer would be the guy just to, like, you know, he does have eight wins. And maybe yeah, he, like, they can get. Yeah. Artie, but we saw his final year with the Dodgers in that championship series. I believe it might it was game six where he couldn't pitch because he had arm fatigue. Then we saw him last year down the stretch come apart. Because, you know, age and fatigue, right? And this year hasn't been special. So what team out there would be that delusional to watch him in his last three seasons and say, yeah, he's going to be a ginormous difference maker when he can't be that for a team that's supposed to be contending for a championship, the one that he's on right now? Look, I don't know what's out there pitching-wise, but if you're a team like, I don't know, the Phillies, say the Phillies, okay? You're telling me that you can't use Scherzer as a number three starter, or if you're the if you're the uh, Marlins, or if you're whatever, you can't use him as a third starter. I'm not asking to get um you know Soto top prospects. I'm talking about getting somebody back that's going to help you for next year. The same thing goes with Robertson. The same thing goes with Fam. You're not going to get the boatload of prospects that that the um that the uh, I said the Expos, the Nationals got for Soto, but and then uh, along with that, you know, you saying about the Yankees, yeah, that's a Yankee fan that's like, ex- like expecting, you know, the cheater type team. But you get if you if say you don't get Judge back, but you get Arenado, whatever the heck the Yankees guy's name is from um, the Cardinals, and then you get a guy like Bellinger. You don't think that team could win the World Series? Of course they can. Yeah, Artie, but I don't think it's going to happen. But that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't see that happening. Of course, if you add two great players, hey, what if they get Soto? I mean, we heard that last year. It didn't happen. I just don't see it happening. I, I like, Until okay. when's the last time the Yankees, and I appreciate the call, Artie, because this happens, and it's like Danny Ainge syndrome when he was with the Celtics. Every single year, the Yankees, you know, linked to that big, big-time marquee guy, who's on, on the market at the trade deadline. We saw it for a while with Cliff Lee. That's going way back. Last year, you know, Luis Castillo, 
uh, we've seen it happen. We're, 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 we're watching it right now with, with Otani, heard it with Soto. We see this all the time that the Yankees are in on this guy. And then what happens? They get dealt elsewhere, and, it, you know, they were asking for too much. We valued our prospects way too much to, you know, destroy our farm system to go get that guy. That, that's, that is right out of the Danny Ainge Celtics playbook. Every year, it was the same thing. Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, linked to the Celtics. Someone else gets them. They were asking for too much. I just don't see it happening. Gabriel in Brooklyn wants to talk. What's up, Gabriel? How are you doing, Ty? Ty, listen, I'm going to tell you why um, Cashman should be on the hot seat more. For the last five years, the Yankees are supposed to be competing for a um, World Series. And, and within that time, the Astros, I think, have won two World Series. Yep. The Astros have become to the Yankees what the Yankees was to Boston. You know, like own them. The Astros own the Yankees now. So, but as far as the Mets go, the Mets is on, the Mets is like a team that was on the come up. You understand? What I'm saying they were they were trying to get to where the Yankees were supposed to be, but uh, you know things happened and they didn't get there. But if you want to talk about which guys on the hot seat, it's got to be Cashman because the Yankees been built for years now to win a World Series and they didn't even make it to the American League Championship. And, it, and another thing I want to say to you, it's kind of crazy. When you ask um, Aaron Boone a question, he doesn't answer the question. He's like a politician. He tells you everything else rather than the question that you're really asking if you listen to him. He does never answer the real question that they ask him. Yeah, he's really good at that, Gabriel, and I appreciate the call. He, I, Like I said, in the open, he's that the press secretary. He's good at talking around what you asked him. And even if he addresses it, it's always positive. Well, the struggling player at the plate, you know, he's hitting the ball hard. He's got a hard hit rate, and he's coming around. The struggling guy on the mound, you know, is coming out of his hand good. Yeah, the velocity's there. He can always make you feel, like, unless you are someone who has listened to him since he's been here, he can make you feel good about a bad situation. That's what he does. That's what he's part of his job, and you know he he he's executed that very well. But it's hard to listen to it when you know it's the same old song and dance. And by the way, just to you know to correct you quickly, the Yankees under Boone did make it to a championship series. They they were just there last year. Now I didn't feel like it because they got swept, but yes, they were in the championship series uh, just last year, and also in 2019 when they lost on Altuve's walk off in Game Six. We head to the boogie down and the Bronx to talk to OG. What up, OG? Yo, yo, Ty, what's up? What's up, baby? Talk to me. You already know my name, right? My name is Popular. You know that already. Yeah, OG, what you got, man? What's going What's going on? OG, triple okay, no, no. OG. You already know me. We, we pretty much know each other. But, uh, yeah, listen. A hot seat is going to be Brian Cashman, point blank. Boone, he talks a lot of basura. Basura means in English garbage, garbage. He's talking too much, too much. He's the same thing. Like you said, same song and dance. Same so I get tired of dancing the same dance every time. So imagine him. Same dance, same song. Um, I don't. It don't look good for them. It don't look pretty good for the Yankees. Uh, you know me. I make predictions. I think Boston's gonna catch the final. Uh, the final. What do you call that? The final. Wild four, card the final spot. Four, they'll be in the final four. Um, it don't look good. And, and you just took a, a bad team. I mean, come on, no time. We, we all keep it real. You said you said things that were truthful. 
Aaron Boone keeps talking the same stuff. He's talking the same stuff. Yo, listen, get rid of that guy, man. I mean, you know, it's like he's reading it off a chart. Listen, man, <laughs> I don't think it looks good. If they keep losing, if they lose today, I don't know, man. Boston's been winning. Last night they had a couple of home runs, I believe. Last night, Boston. Uh, they're doing pretty good, man. I think yeah, they're the final wild card. I don't know. Listen, you, you know, listen you OG. I, listen, I appreciate the call. Um, as far as Boone, I, I, I'm critical of him just because of what he said after the game last night about you know him not being worried. I, I think that's bogus. How do you sit here, eight and a half games back of the Rays, two games back of a playoff spot? You're just six games over 500, and you're not worried. That's what I, I criticize him because sometimes you listen to, to what he says, and it makes you want to bang your head against the wall. But as far as him being fired, I guess if you, you, if you bang the GM, he's going to go too. I don't necessarily put what's happening this season on him. I just don't think the roster construction is, is, is all that good. There's a fundamental flaw with how they put this team together, and that falls on the general manager. I guess the case that, you know, to answer the question about, you know, who should be, who, whose seat should be hotter, the case for it being Epler Part of it has nothing to do with Epler. Part of it is, well, Boone just got a four-year extension. So how are, how are you going to look how if you fire him in year one of a four-year extension when there is a legitimate case he didn't even deserve the extension to begin with? Fresh off of getting bounced by the Astros. 800-919-3776. We're going to continue to take your calls on the Yankees, on the Mets. Which seat should be hotter? Is it that of the GM in New York, uh, uh, the Yankees with Cashman? or in Flushing, in Queens, with Epler. We'll talk some football as well. Jets, Giants on the table. Jordan Renan at 4.30. And then uh, I already see someone on the phone wants to talk LeBron. So uh, we'll get to that as well. 800-919-3776. Hit me on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, Instagram as well. We're going to 6 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. He's, he's excited. He's pumped, screaming. It's a cool video. My mind immediately goes to, damn, bro, if you had been more focused on playing ball, you, you'd stop losing to LeBron in the playoffs so much. You working on that jump shot. No, nah, I'm just kidding. He had actually one of the, the best age 35 seasons we've ever seen. Uh, but my mind just goes to the joke sometimes. Shout out Steph Curry. That's a tremendous shot. If you got a chance to go check out what he did, go do that. 800-919-3776. Before we get back to your phone calls, this is one of those days, if you're in New York City right now, and you pull up the old weather app, 87 degrees, flood watch until 9 p.m., it's one of those days where you walk around mad as hell because, you know, you, you, you take the, the nice hot shower, throw the deodorant on, lotion, lather your body up, throw the cologne on, walk outside, smelling good, feeling good, and immediately within like 30 seconds, feel like you got to take another shower. That's how hot it is outside. Hot, humid, nasty. Very nasty. But, you know, this, this is, it's funny. We, we complain about how hot it is. But six months from now, when it's frigid cold outside, we're going to be on social media talking about how much we can't wait for the summer. I see a lot of people on the timeline at the beach. I hate the beach. It's just, it just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. I'm a, I'm a pool guy. How about you, Julian? Beach or pool? What's uh what's your what's your choice? 
depends, but I'd probably pick the pool. Pool, Chantel, care to weigh in? Yeah, um, I'm a beach person because New York is a beach state, so we all should be beach people. Yeah, but all the beaches are, are dirty and nasty. Walk around in this shattered Corona bottles, just all over the sand. You gotta love New York. You gotta love New York, and I just the sand situation is what really like irks me. It's all in your car. You can't get rid of it for a week. It's it's in the shower. It's just it's just too much. I I'd rather go to the pool. But if you out there tuning in on your way to the beach, on your way to the pool, appreciate you. Much love. Ty D Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six is where we go back to the phone calls to talk to Dave, who right now is hanging out in Westchester. What's good, Dave? Hey, how you doing? Chilling. I only called to answer your question. You keep asking the same question, so I'm just going to answer it this way. It's a, you can, there's money in the bank. Cashman will never, I'll spell the word out for you if you want me to, he will never be fired. He should be fired, yes, but he will never be fired. He's already brainwashed how. He, he, I'm telling you, if they lose every game the rest of the year, every game next year, every game the year after, he will still be there. He's going nowhere. That's a guarantee. That's what irks Yankee fans. You can fans. put that in the bank. What's that? That's what irks I, I, think I said. That's fired. what. I don't. I don't. I, no, I'm saying that most Yankees fans probably deep down agree with you, and it's what irks them. It is the fact that you have a guy here who is now. Two things can be true. He is really good at putting together teams that are successful during the regular season over the course of 162. The Yankees, you know, making the playoffs via the division or the wild card. He's good at that. But come the postseason, he hasn't shown that he's able to put together a championship team that can withstand multiple rounds of the playoffs. Since he's been with the Yankees, okay, they've never won a World Series without the core four. He's been there. Okay, so he's done nothing. He got CeCe Sabathia. LeMayo's pretty good. He's done zero. That's it. And, and when he came out publicly and said, Jeter, you can go uh, go here, go anywhere you want, we'll take yeah. Troy Tulowitzki. When Jeter asked him to be private, that's when I stopped liking the Yankees. I can't stand it. And they'll never, get rid of, they'll never get rid of Cashman, so I'm a little bit ticked off. I could care less if the, if the Yankees win a game the rest of my life, but I watched every game when Jeter was there. And they mm. may want to make the, the co- judge out to be some, something special. He's, he's done nothing in the playoffs, zero. Appreciate the call, Dave. Listen, I, I, I can't agree to that extent. 2009, you're signing CC, AJ Burnett, and Mark Teixeira won them the title. And that was, you know, him at the helm as the general manager. Now, people go back and forth on, you know, what he actually contributed to the four championships in five years. You know, Gene Michael, like, you, you can have that discussion. I don't want to relitigate that. But to, to sit here and not give him credit for 2009, to me, uh, is, is a mistake. But you don't even have to go that far to be critical of him. Like, we don't have to, you know, open closets and drawers to find reasons and evidence and pieces of, uh, of, of, of material that we can use to criticize Cashman. It's, it's staring us right in the face. You have a team that right now on July 15th, is in last place in the division. In in last place in this division. And if we're being honest, they can still make the playoffs. But, you know, had it not been for adding that third wild card, it would be spooky season right now. It would be spooky. Let's go to West Palm. We holler at Jason. 
What's good, Jason? Hey, guy. How are you? I mean, what's up, man? Um, I was like, how is this man? Father, the boss boy got rid of my heavy guys. Jason, I, I gotta let you go, man. The, the the phone line is glitchy. You wanted to say that uh, Aaron Boone should be fired, and it sounded like you were saying how is not his dad. I guess for better or for worse, right? People forget and I conveniently leave out uh, the bad of George Steinbrenner, who got banned from the league. Who you know. Prior to the the that the, the 90s run, you know, folks were trying to run him out of town. He's not his dad. And I think what bothers me the most about him not being George is that, and I said this before, with, with MJ and with, with Kobe, one thing, uh, you know, amongst many that stood out to me about their greatness was as much as they loved winning, it was really the losing that hit harder for them. They were sore losers. They hated it so much. They were very passionately, you know, against the idea of losing and experiencing losing. So it just took them to another level as far as their performance. Because of that, you know, I hated that feeling. Watching Kobe in 2008 walk out of the TD Garden in Game 6 of the Finals with the confetti falling, he looked – that, that was a, a, a look that I, I had never seen before, how mad he was. Just one regular season MVP, got his team to the finals with no Andrew Bynum. He he walked off that floor angry, and we saw Jordan do it. You know, angry walking, angrily walking off the floor. Though you know, Jordan fans like to pretend he never lost, but neither here nor there. George, I think, loved winning, but hated the losing. It stung him so much. There was no way he was just gonna run it back. Yankees get swept out of the playoffs, lose to the Astros again. They've now lost to the Astros in 15 and 17 and 19 and then last year. So now four times in the last, you know, in a seven-year span, they lost to the same team. And the last time was via a sweep. And you're just going to run this thing back with the GM and the manager? I think that's what separates Cashman from, uh, I'm sorry, that's what separates Howe from his dad. And I, I try my best to avoid like things I can't measure. I, I, I don't can't measure a guy's heart or will to win or passion or he 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 wants to win bad. It's hard to do that. But just based on what's in front of me, based on the evidence, that to me is the big divide. George hated losing so much. There was no way in hell that after his team got embarrassed in the playoffs, because let's keep it a buck. They they get past the Guardians. They were trailing 2-1 in that series. So they barely got out of the division series and then got embarrassed by the Astros. There's no way George is like, all right, let's give this guy an extension after that. Hell no. 800-919-3776. More of your phone calls when we return right here on 9870 ESPN.